0: yeah no peoples we're in season four and we want to thank you for joining us on this wonderful journey if you haven't
1: yet please consider subscribing to us we love that you listen but subscribing will help us more than you'll ever know
0: also regardless of which method you use to listen to your podcast please 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 leave us a review
1: we'd love to hear from you and we want to know what's working what's not you can also drop us a line at our website
0: yeah no But if all that's too much, we get it. The smallest contribution is subscribing.
1: Thanks again for listening. And we intend on delivering a kick-ass fourth season for you.
0: Hey, this is Tina. Hey,
1: this is Mia. And you're listening to Yeah, No. The podcast about having a business at the intersection of design
0: and healthcare. We should do like a verbal equivalent of how Broad City does their illustration, where it's like every time there's a new episode, they have a kind of new version of that animation illustration, you know? Okay, so what is it this time? Oh, I don't know. That was it. Good
1: morning. Good morning. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects, which are cultural probes. Fun. Sometimes we just call them probes. Yeah. And you're always correcting me that probes sounds a little
0: <laughs> probey, <laughs> offensive. <laughs> well, it's like you don't like the word discharge. <laughs> I don't mind the word discharge, but you think discharge sounds gross.
1: Do you know where the term cultural probes comes from?
0: Um, I think so, Oops. but go ahead and educate me.
1: No, I don't know. I'm, I mean, oh. I didn't. <laughs> I'm asking you as a sincere question.
0: Oh, I think it's the, the word that Bill Gaver and Tony Dunn and the third person came up with. It probably stems from anthropology, is my guess. That there was a probe
1: in anthropology?
0: Well, I think cultural probe. it, it was probably the cultural part. And then the probe <laughs> probably came from what they were trying to get. You know, they're British. <laughs> they think naughty is an okay word to use all the time. <laughs> Don't you find that strange? I just, I would never use the word naughty. It sounds so
1: glamorous. Oh, and see, like, I
0: think stinky. it sounds like a porno. Oh. I don't know. I it's think...
1: very descriptive. I think what they do is they, you know, because English is their language, they find <laughs> very descriptive words. Like we can just say like he's been bad. That's an American way to say it. He's been good. But they say he's been brilliant or he's <laughs> been naughty. It's so much better, isn't it? It Sounds captures like the imagination. It's an
0: over-exaggeration. Anyway, so yeah, they. I think that they came up with the term cultural probes. Okay. But let's talk about who Bill Gaver and Tony Dunn and the third person are.
1: (laughs) Yeah. William Gaver is from the Royal College of Art, and his work has been in looking at research methods and questioning the way that we approach research. So one of these methods are cultural probes. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about what they are, but I think what has been interesting about the work that William Gaver did was that it opened people up to question what is the purpose of research and are there spaces and room for uncertainty or ambiguity or a re-questioning rather than saying like we're going to do research and we're going to find out everything we need to know yeah
0: I found a nice little phrase that I thought was really simple and pretty to the point about cultural probes which is that they're for inspiration rather than information Yep, which I think speaks to this idea that in combination with the research that might be a little bit more didactic, that might be more specifically asking questions and wanting specific answers, that cultural probes really lend itself to creativity and design. So maybe we can talk about what is a cultural probe? Yeah, so a cultural probe is oftentimes a set of activities that have been designed with the purposes of the research and the user in mind. They're oftentimes sent to a research participant's home, and these activities are meant to elicit a different type of interaction with the research and the research questions, where a participant is allowed to reflect complete the activities on their own time, and it helps to externalize a lot of internal thoughts.
1: The one article that I love that we've read over and over again is one called Cultural Probes and the Value of Uncertainty. And it came out in 2004. They say that probes are an approach that values uncertainty, play, exploration, and subjective interpretation as ways with dealing with the limits of knowledge. You know, it has roots in kind of surrealist thought and Dadaist thought and thinking about, can we question the world around us and say, does it have to be always a linear path? Or is there room for you know, play and critique and, and things like that? Right. I think about one of the ones I thought was really insightful and beautiful. And and I always remember, in terms of a probe, was this tablecloth one. I think it was for diabetes. We did it for chronic pain, too. We wanted to look at the support network in the home. And so it was this idea of a tablecloth that people could, there were prompts and people could respond and write on the tablecloth with markers and have a conversation. And this idea of sitting around the table and what would you say and then coming and sitting down and reading what somebody else would say. Yeah. So And it was,
0: i would <laughs> tell you some stories about the, evolution of that idea so we tried to use cloth at first didn't work because cloth moves around when you write on it right and we had to send them something right so then we we you know those disposable paper tablecloths right so then we were like oh let's use these but that doesn't work either because the disposable tablecloth also moves around and if you use marker on it it bleeds <laughs> bleeds through on oh, the table and so we couldn't you know get be so mad in trouble right And so we ended up using Tyvek, which is the material that they use for FedEx envelopes. Oh. You know, that's like non-terror. You can't destroy those (laughs) things for anything. They're probably terrible for the environment. And we had to find a supplier that sold it on yards so that we could cut it down. Wow. To a quote-unquote tablecloth size. And then we also had to find a weight that would sit on a table and not, like, just stick straight out when it was on top of a table. <laughs> <laughs> like, it had to drape, you yeah, know? Yeah, like a tablecloth. Yeah, and when we used it one... It feel natural. Yeah, when we used one piece, it was... To, and so we ended up weighting the bottom, the edges...
1: Oh my god. So we doubled
0: over the edge and weighted it and glued it yeah. so that it would lay yeah. on a table. This is something else that you're very
1: good at is the details <sighs> so of making sure that it feels like a tablecloth, it looks oh. like a tablecloth, it behaves like a tablecloth. And that really says a lot about the importance of some of these details yeah. in Making sure that people will engage with it. Yeah. Where we've seen probes be really effective and kind of opening up people's thinking is around this idea of delight. And, you know, in healthcare in particular, it's very easy to go down this linear path. Everything's about health and understanding how someone approaches health. And, you know, a lot of our conversations, you know, on this podcast and in our work has been around, there's so much more to to people's approach when you're thinking about healthcare, that's not health related you know people are not motivated by health and so this idea of designing for delight or really understanding what motivates and encourages people is part of it and probes have really helped us tap into to some of those ideas
0: yeah so i think that you were getting to my next question which is why do we use them And, you know, probes are interpretive in many different ways. And our guest today, Tuli Matamaki, has been... You know, renowned in this world. She's studied probes for quite some time. And what I loved about some of the work that she's written about is the purposes of probes. And we can agree across all spectrums that the main purpose is to gain a holistic and empathic understanding of an individual. But there's been different kinds of probes to address the issue that might be at hand. And in healthcare, our probes are designed to help us build stories of health, We've talked about this in a lot of our episodes around Narrative. stories of health and building narratives for participants. And they're designed to encourage reflection on questions that people with chronic diseases may never have thought about before. And so they oftentimes serve as a warm up for an interview or a or an interaction session. that we're going right. to have with them.
1: Right. And we get letters back from particip- research participants who say, you know, I'm so glad I did this. I've never done anything like this before. You've gotten phone calls and emails from people saying that this was super meaningful. Yeah. Um, and that that's so telling for us. There's something about it that is unlike most research approaches.
0: Right. So let's talk about how to do analysis with probes. Yeah, I think it's still an
1: area of exploration for us on how to do analysis. One thing that we've done when we can is using this idea of setting up a room or a space that is kind of like an exhibition space where we can put up the findings from the probes. And we usually do a level of analysis to cluster and figure out how to tell a story about An individual or a person and sometimes we put those up as narratives around the room of the the pro materials and then let that be a space for analysis where we can bring in stakeholders we can bring in the team to then talk about it and use that as a launching point for looking at opportunities or looking at possible interventions.
0: Yeah. And I think that there are some traditional research methods that we use, which are pattern finding or looking at themes that emerge or going through idiosyncrasies. But I kind of liken it a little bit like going through someone's garbage. You know, you can learn a lot through someone's garbage about them. And I feel like it's information again that is difficult to obtain in an interview it's a little bit of interpretation by the author by the person who's looking at the garbage right and it's a little bit meaning of, that you're bringing some of your knowledge and some of your storytelling and, and some bias of your, quite frankly yeah. right to that and i think that it allows the researcher to also be closer in what John Colco who's written many design articles would say it makes the designer vulnerable to the person and allows for the people that are having research conducted on them kind of seep a little bit into the researcher which Yeah I think that is vulnerability nice. really helps to build empathy.
1: Yeah. I think it's a similar issue with qualitative research in general. Um, especially in healthcare, is like it's not metrics based. It's not super quantitative, in any way. And there's a lot of idiosyncrasies. Sometimes it may be one thing that you see. Sometimes it's a pattern that you have to interpret. So how do we get clients and companies to see the value of doing probes? And what has been convincing for us? And I also think that this would be a great framing for talking to Thule, because she's done a lot of work with these participatory methods with businesses.
0: Yeah, and we want to focus our conversation today around the analysis and working in the quote unquote real world with probes because I think it's a question that we get a lot of how do you get companies to do these kinds of things? Right. And it's not easy, it's difficult, and it's oftentimes something that we have to fight for and argue for because it's oftentimes the first thing that they want to cut out of a budget because they see this extra pot of money that's going into this thing. And they're like, well, we're going to conduct interviews. Why do we need to do these things? And I think that in lieu of hard metrics, it's a conversation about really broadening the scope of where a disease or a condition might intersect with someone's life and not focusing it on medication or adherence or symptoms and really being able to see more of a holistic picture. I'd love to talk to Thule a little bit more about how do we draw this back to some more solid metrics? How do we make this a bit more convincing of the power that is returned on probes? Right. We are thrilled to be talking to Tuli Matamaki today, who is the head of design at Alto University in Espoo, Finland. Which is Espoo. I thought it was Espoo
1: too, because
0: it's spelled E S P O O, but they pronounce it Espoo. Well, there you go, (laughs) Espoo, Finland, and has been a great colleague and friend of ours. We've known her for a very long time since graduate school. She's been amazing and has been a pioneer in the work in probes. She did her PhD thesis on it, and then also uh, has been espousing the benefits and value of it and teaching it to students for the last decades. She wrote a book called Design Probes. Yes, she has a book. And she is, you know, one of the seminal figures in the world of academia in the use of probes and the value of probes. And so we're so excited to talk to her. Yes. Inspired. So let's talk to Tuli. <laughs> Hello, uh, Tuli hi, hi. How are you doing? I'm very good. We have been in the studio this morning talking about probes and talked a little bit about how we've used it in our work. In healthcare, specifically. We gave a little brief introduction of how we know you, but uh, we want the official introduction from you and a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay, introduction to me. Currently, I'm working as a professor in design especially product service system at Aalto University in Department of Design. But I've been working as a researcher during many, many years. My interest has been always around empathy, empathic design, on service design more and more these days. I'm especially interested in trying out new things, new approaches, new experiments, where design plays a role. And when I started to do my doctoral studies, oh my god, almost 20 years ago, I was really especially interested in how can we feed in a creative design process and at the same time have a strong component of human-centered design involved. Because during that time, the human-centered design was much more like usability and very structured processes. And I felt that that didn't inspire or feed in the inspiration that creative design processes. So during that time I was uh, introduced with uh, cultural probes that really got my attention and, and therefore then that turned my research interest in experimenting with those probes in different contexts.
1: Where did you first learn about cultural probes? Was it through work in Finland or through the work of Bill Gaver? at Royal College of Art. Yeah, it, I
2: heard a presentation by Bill Gaver in a conference uh, where he explained the method and how they applied it in a very inspiring way. During that time, there was a lot of interest in talking about experience design and use as, as there still is, but it was really catching people's attention that how can we move into that field? understanding better how people feel and I think it was just a good momentum for trying out new things and, and probing sounds like an inspiring new thing and so <laughs> I think it was just a good good momentum for it. Yeah. Where are you
1: at right now with um, probes? Are you still using them in your work? Do you find your students are interested in them?
2: Every once in a while I have students who are interested. I, I do um, teach my masters students we have a, a course during their first first course or when they enter masters mm-hmm. we give a talk about probing and empathy and how you approach people and uh, and so i think it's still both the mindset but also the 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 method as such is valuable of course nowadays we have all kinds of things like you can use uh different digital means in in also seeking information about people and so on. So maybe the the role of the actual tangible probes has not been so exciting as they used to be when we first started.
0: Can you remember a particular probe return or something that you've seen that is burned into your memory, something that you will always remember?
2: Yes, yes, I can remember several, but one of them I stick into my memory really strongly. I had one student who was working with care families. So meaning families, you know, where you have maybe a dementia person and often it's a spouse or a daughter or someone taking care of an elderly person. And it was actually very difficult to get the probing process started just in, in ethical terms. But eventually we, we were able to do it, and then we went through all the probe returns with this student, both of us were in, in tears in many ways, because it's really not an easy situation being someone to be cared for, but also the care person has, has pretty tough uh, responsibilities. So in one of these probes, the care person said, I'm alive, but I don't really live so it felt like that person was really captured in the house like almost like in jail mm. and it really uh, i mean of course the person was volunteer in taking care of her close one but at the same time it really showed how how difficult the situation is is from the perspective on an individual
0: right it's like a contradiction of emotions yeah yeah and in their own words, too.
1: I think it's just so, so powerful to, to hear people as they
2: describe it in their own words. I think there's certain kind of emotional mindset that we also try to ask questions or this kind of, we have these open assignments that we hope that also try to help people telling about their emotions and their feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's
2: why we are not only asking about facts. Yep. We try to get a bit deeper.
0: Yeah. What about after you get probe returns back? How do you kind of maintain their value? Or or do you? What is the role of probe returns in the analysis process, do you think?
2: Yeah, I think you're tapping um, one of the most important issues in, in probing. In my PhD, I actually tried to uncover what are the reasons for using probes in this kind of professional context. And for sure, one of them is inspiration. The inspiration uh, and creativity can be fed with probe returns. And this is very much in line with what Bill Gaver, in my opinion. But then, of course, we also gain quite a bit of information about people, their routines, their ways of doing things, and so on. But then I think what also needs to be considered is the dialogue and the participation that this kind of probe activity creates as a process, you know, We can involve some stakeholders, company people, to think about what kind of questions do we even want to ask, from what kind of assignments could we add into the probe packages. That already creates a certain kind of commitment that we are interested in hearing what kind of returns we get. And then uh, also when the analysis happens, I think oftentimes what we did, we uh, invited different people to work through the probing. So it's a collaborative process of of making interpretations of of them. So I think it depends a little bit what you are after, how you actually then conduct the the so-called analysis or interpretation of the returns.
0: Do you think that analysis of probes needs to happen organically and be given time for that kind of immersion? Or do you think that it can be done under project constraints of timeline, you know, what's the best way to get the most out of probe returns?
2: A tough question. I could say a very like, with the certain values that probes have, you would need to dive into it and let yourself dive into and and almost like try to be in the skin of a person that you're studying through the probes, right? So it's it's really about empathy and trying to see deeper than what the the probe returns often tell, so you actually need to use both a little bit of your imagination and your, your experience and at the same time realize how limited that is in order to understand other people hmm. so that's a little bit of the the more like the philosophy of probes you need to be um uh, in a certain mode to work with them and then maybe the more pragmatic way to approach this is that you simply start mapping issues that you observe and you make interpretations often is uh, the most valuable way is to have several people involved so that there is an exchange of of points of views and and this kind of triangulation of uh, of these observations
1: mm-hmm. right to uh, facilitate participation mm. and get get people invested in it mm.
2: and you get themes and you might get some even factful you know interpretations analysis some of the the people involved can could be experts who know better about you know the topic in that we're, we're studying so we're not just talking about people or or their lifestyle but we can talk about say in your case for example about issues related with healthcare or Particular symptoms or something like
1: that right I guess one of our last questions just to wrap up is the value of doing this you know empathetic research for businesses do you have any stories or any kind of advice for people who are interested in this you know we always get when we speak on the work that we do is uh, the question that comes up is often you know what is the value or how do you convince people to do this
2: I think the value of probing, we've seen it through the years, like in your work, that if you work with issues that are very individual, like healthcare-related things, it, it, there's plenty of research on, on medical or, or some more it's medical research, for example, but maybe there needs to be also this kind of complementary ways of approaching people and seeing them as whole and, and and not just throw the uh, health records right maybe that's that's the good reasoning for having these kind of approaches
1: yeah and a way to maybe. yeah to pull people in who have mm. the lived experience of it i think is so important well we're still you know it's amazing we're we're still doing this work you know many 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 years later and we we were reflecting on you know our journey with probes and knowing you and being inspired by your work has you know continued over the years so we we really do feel like there is something there and is continually evolving
2: isn't it that when once you work with probes with your all your heart then it kind of you know never goes away from you
0: no no everything becomes a probe (laughs) Well, we want to thank you, Tuli. Thank <laughs> you so much
2: for inspiring us, Tuli,
1: and um, we're so thank excited you. for for what you're doing and everything that you give to the design community and the world, the business world.
2: Thank you for continuing this inspiring work. Okay, thanks, kind of Tuli. Have thanks, a good evening. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.
0: Tuli's voice is, like, soothing. So soothing. She speaks so slowly and regulated. I need to figure out how to do that. I'm like... It doesn't help. (laughs) I've been doing probes for a very long time, especially in healthcare, and one of the big things that I really like right now is the focus of them having utility in the work that we're doing Mm -hmm. you know I just feel like they were in an academic realm for so long and that the focus has been on growing that body within academia right and that students do this kind of work you know and I feel like they've really especially I think in the work that we've been doing within the last six years there is this energy a little bit more again when Thule was saying that there was energy for new ideas of research or how to get to patients or how to get to people. I think that a lot of that is coming to healthcare where it's like people are looking for new ways to talk to patients and right. and uncover some of these like deeply entrenched emotions and fears and anxieties that they have um, to get to that because there's such a graveyard of especially digital technologies that have been unsuccessful. Right, right.
1: I thought it was interesting, this idea of how are they going to be relevant, you know, as we move forward. They're very analog. And is that a part of the experience? My perspective is that there is a tangibility that really unlocks the self-reflection, that it is the selection of pieces of, you know, the stickers or imagery. It's the writing. It's that that taps into a certain frame of mind that I just don't think that digital technology
0: is, has been
1: able to capture yeah um, I agree
0: and so. I also think it it's almost like a novelty now right because everything is so digital right you know yeah I mean, that's a good point I think that so that tangibility part of it is the novelty and it really I do think that some people start out with probes where and I we've gotten this feedback before where they say well at first i thought it was kind of like a kids activity right. right it's like had these stickers right? And had a glue stick and That's all this right. kind of stuff and um and then they say that then they go through it and i really realized that you know it was asking me questions that i'd never really been asked before or talked about my condition in a way ne- a way that i never had imagined which yeah. i think is uh, part of that value.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you were going to sum up three things that you feel are most valuable about probes, what would they be?
0: I would say that they are very good at revealing things that are difficult to express. I love what Tuli said that sometimes their activity for an internal team to think about how to pose a question in a different way, come together to really design the probes and an opportunity to you know think more broadly about a participant. And then I think that lastly, they are evolutionary. And so when you revisit them, they can sh- reveal new things for you, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's good. I agree. What's interesting about
1: this conversation, we've been doing probes for years and years and years. It was n- so nice to talk to Thule about about where she's at with them, and kind of thinking about where to progress them. They've been very iterative for us, and we've been teaching them and sharing them and using them in business contexts in different ways. And where do we take them from here? Do they stay exactly the same? Is there something about that? And, you know, we hope, I think, in talking about this, that this inspires people to look them up and read about them and critically think about them and explore them in new contexts and we'll continue to do that in healthcare as well. I don't know I'm just I'm excited and inspired yeah. We'd like to thank Tuli Matomaki from Aalto University in Finland. You can look up her work and some of the activities that she's done. So thank you, Thule, for joining us on the podcast.
0: If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing. Feel free to leave a review and you can find us on Instagram at Yano Podcast. This episode was recorded at Figure Eight Studios in Brooklyn by Michael P. Coleman. Our theme song was written and performed by Chess Smith. And this episode was produced and edited by Tori Flack. Thanks for listening.
1: We're going to be calling international. Have we ever called anyone international from podcast? Mm -mm. Whoa, that was a lot of beeping and booping and
0: beeping.